Many of you here know, some of you here know that um, my background before I came to the Lord, I was, I was a gang member. I was uh, on the streets, and that's what my life was about. And I've probably belabored that testimony here time and time again. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to share with you guys this morning is um, a different part of uh, my testimony of my life, what happened after um, that time that I was saved at Claybank County Jail. Um, so I, I started working at Taco Bell and, um, before I got saved, I, I never really, I never kept a job for longer than, uh, for more than a few months, really. I just, uh, I, I always went back to the streets and that was my life. And so at Taco Bell, uh, I, 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 I did some soul searching, like, Lord, what would you have of me? What would you, what, what do you want me to do? I, I, I don't feel like I, I should, you know, I, I, I preached to my coworkers at Taco Bell, but like, I, I want to do more. Um, what, what would you have me? And so I started thinking about it, praying about it, and I decided to go to college. I went to Solano Community College, and as I looked through the catalog, I was deciding um, and praying, Lord, what, what, what would you have me? What, what, how can I be used for your kingdom? And um, um, uh, just uh, thinking to myself that I came from the streets, I thought that, hey, you know, I, I think I can be used most effectively by reaching uh, that population, the, the people group that I was pulled out of, gang members, uh, guys on the streets, at-risk youth. And so as I read through the catalog, I, um, I saw human services was, was offered, and um, I, was, I saw that it said that uh, the, the course description stated that you can uh, use this job to, um, you can use this course to, um, to, to get into drug and alcohol programs and, and, and work there. And so I said, hey, wow, I think that would be a good fit. So I, um, uh, I went through the course, and the latter part of the course involved um, an internship in, in any local programs. Now, um, as I said earlier, I wanted to re uh, reach at-risk youth. And so uh, my first and only um, program uh, or institution that I actually wanted to do my internship at was Juvenile Hall. And so I, I attempted to uh, do my internship at Juvenile Hall, but my record prevented me. And, uh, and that door was closed. I was bummed. And uh, uh, I was... I, I, I banked everything on juvie, and, and I was like, oh, well. Uh, so I was sitting in class one day, and my classmate, Renee, who, um, who's gone to be with the Lord, uh, was an employee of Mission Solano. And she saw me, she, she spoke to me and, and asked me, hey, so how's your um, search going for, your, uh, for the internship? And I said, you know, I tried to get into juvie, but the door's closed for me. And, um, and that's really all, the only place that I was trying to get into. And then she, she told me, well, have, how about you try Mission Solano? Um, why, why, why don't you check it out and see if, if that's a good fit for you? That's the last place that I thought to serve. I wasn't interested at all in serving the homeless, but, you know, I, nothing else was, was open to me. And so um, I, I tried that. I, I went down that path. And, you know, as a result of God closing one door for me, he opened another door for me to, to be able to minister to. And, um, uh, looking back in retrospect, I'm just amazed at what God has done in allowing me, in, in closing that door for me and opening this door for me and what he has done in, in my own life. Not to boast about what I've done, but to boast in the, the grace and mercy of God in allowing me to even minister his gospel. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.1 says that we have this ministry by the mercy of God. 
And so uh, by God's mercy, I was able to minister and, um, and, and do what I uh, wanted to do, which was proclaim Christ. And, and I, I got allowed that through the avenue of Mission Solano. Um, but uh, that had to come through closed doors and, uh, and, and open doors. How many of you have made plans and things didn't go according to your plans? Have, have you ever made plans um, that involve major life decisions or, or uh, small, seemingly insignificant decisions and things not turn out the way that you intended them to go? I'm sure that some of you here coming into the new year have, uh, have goals, new goals and resolutions for the new year. And, uh, but, but my question to you this morning is what are you going to do when a flight gets delayed A tragedy happens in the family. You don't get the promotion that you were hoping for. Or worse, you lose your job. What are you going to do when relationships crumble, hearts are broken, and families break down? What are you going to do when you earnestly seek the Lord for something and, uh, and you're bringing your petition and your request before him and his answer to you is a resounding no? It's not wrong to make plans for this new year as we'll see in today's passage. But how are you going to respond to life when things don't go your way? And God's answer to you is a closed door. In our passage this morning, we're going to see just that. We're going to see how God leads his people through closed doors, trials, and difficulties to accomplish his will and his purpose. Now, I'm, re- I'm, I'm briefly going to go uh, through this uh, slide with you. I'm not going to spend too much time on the slide, but um, when I started using maps to do my Bible reading, it really enhanced my, um, my, uh, my reading of scriptures, and it just brought color to how I read scriptures. So what I'm going to do in this presentation is, um, in this, uh, with using the map, is, is give us a context of where we're at um, in, in our passage, where Luke, uh, no, where, yeah, where Luke um, records this passage for us in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. So we're just going to do a brief um, historical background, but before, um, before we go through that, let me go ahead and just read the scripture for us. Um, for you that don't have your Bibles, um, I, I want that to be read for you. So Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mesha, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mesha, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So I hope you guys, yeah, I think, yeah, I'll cover everything through that. So Acts chapter 16, our passage right here. this is a part of Paul's second missionary journey. And this started here in Antioch. I, okay, hold on. It's my first time doing this, so bear with me. All right. So, it's not working. 
All right, there we go. It's working. It's working. So the beginning of this uh, second missionary journey of Paul began in Antioch. Right there, can you guys see that? And uh, what had happened was in Antioch, there was a discussion, um, there was a debate on whether or not the, the, the saint should be circumcised. Paul and Barnabas were sent to Jerusalem to um, discuss this with the elders. As a result of that um, visit to Jerusalem, the, the council informed uh, uh, the, Paul and Barnabas through a letter directed to the church at Antioch that they didn't have to practice the uh, circumcision. All they had to do was abstain from blood, meats offered to idols, abstain from sexual immorality, of course, all those sins, right? And uh, so they went back. And when they got back to Antioch, um, Paul had decided that he wanted to visit the, the churches that he had first planted in his first missionary journey. Um, so he spoke to Bar- uh, Barnabas and said, hey, let's go and uh, let's visit the churches. Let's strengthen the churches. But before, um, but something happened there. There was a dispute between Paul and Barnabas, and it was a sharp disagreement uh, between these two. And Paul was actually a hothead during, um, during that disagreement. Um, and so Barnabas takes John Mark with him, John Mark who authored the Gospel of Mark, and Paul takes Silas, who was a prophet, with him. And um, Paul, taking Silas with him, enters this area, Lystra and Derby, and this is where Paul picks up Timothy and adds him to his team, the mission team. And after this, that's, that's Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. And now, um, and after that, pas- after that passage, we're, we're here this morning to Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. Paul, it says that um, they were going through uh, the region of Phrygia and Galatia, which is right here. And um, Paul wanted to go and preach the gospel in Asia. However, the Lord, it says that the the Holy Spirit uh, didn't allow them. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to enter Asia. And uh, so they headed towards uh, Misha right there. But um, as they were going through Misha, Paul also wanted to preach the gospel, preach the word in Bithynia, which is in this area right here. However, again... We're told that they were forbidden by the spirit of Jesus. And so they they make their way to Troas. And it's here that Paul has this vision. And uh, after this vision, they head off into what is now modern-day Europe, um, Macedonia. That's where we're at. I hope I didn't confuse you with all my drawing, but uh, I like I said, when, when I started using maps uh, alongside my Bible reading, it, um, it allowed me to get a better perspective of what I was reading. It reminded me that what I was reading was in a fairy tale. The, the people and the places that I'm reading about actually happened in a real place. And it wasn't just in la-la land. This is not the Chronicles of Narnia. This is the Word of God, and these things actually happened. So I hope that was helpful and that's it for my slides. That's, that's all I have. All right, in our passage today, we have... Um, where am I at? In our passage today, in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, 
Um, there's no explicit principle stated. There's no drawn out uh, principle that says, hey, do this, or this is how you do this. It's not like one of Paul's epistles where uh, it's clearly drawn out. It's clearly laid out instructions given to us on how to live. It's not one of those passages. But we do have in this passage examples of human experiences that we can identify with, where we can see clearly Uh, God working in the lives of his people. We can see how he works providentially in the lives of his people. And from this passage, I've uh, drawn out uh, three points or three principles. One, God's providence guides you by closing one door and opening another. Two, God's providence guides you through the normal means of grace. And three, God's providence guides you to accomplish his purpose and not your own. I've, I've, I've said providence uh, quite a few times, but some of you here may not know what that means. And I think for our purpose this morning, Dr. Bruce Ware's definition of providence will serve us well. And he says, uh, this is his definition of providence. God continually oversees and directs all things pertaining to the created order in such a way that, one, he preserves in existence and provides for the creation he has brought into being. And two, he governs and reigns supremely over the entirety of the whole creation in order to fulfill all of his intended purposes in it and through it. Theologians commonly divide providence into uh, two categories. The first one talks, uh, is commonly known as God's providence through preservation. And the, all that means is that all of creation is being upheld by the power of God. Hebrews 1.3 says that he upholds the, the universe by the word of his power. Life as we know it is being sustained and being preserved by God's providence. The second part of this uh, definition is, is commonly known as God's providence through governance, uh, governance which means that through every act, God is at work through every event in history. He's working through it. He's weaving your life and your lives and my life and, and all the events that's t- that, that are taking place in our life to accomplish his purpose. It, it's, not with, it, it's not without purpose, but there is a goal in the events that happens in your life and in my life, whether good or bad. God is in complete control. And so that second part of the definition of providence is what we're mainly going to be tackling this morning. God's governance, uh, providence through governance, that he is at work through all of the events in your life and in my life. He's in complete sovereign control. So the first point, God's providence guides you by closing one door and opening another And we're going to see how God closes doors in in a few ways. First, God closes doors through conflict and difficulty. You'll see, um, I I covered earlier um, uh, in the map where we're at in Paul's second missionary journey. I wanted to get us, uh, I wanted to give us a picture, a big picture of where this passage is at because it's important to, to see how it fits together. And so um, God closes doors through conflict and difficulty. Um, the Lord closed the door to Paul's de- desire to want to travel with Barnabas. And, uh, and he did that through a sharp disagreement. In cha- uh, Acts chapter 15, verse 39, it says, And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed. The word sharp disagreement I've mentioned earlier, uh, Paul was 
a hothead at that moment. He, I, I, believe, I, I agree with most commentators that Paul was in the wrong here. That I, I think that he allowed his pride to get in the way, whereas Barnabas saw something in Mark. Um, previously, in Paul's uh, first missionary journey, John Mark abandoned that team. He left. And so that's why Paul didn't want to take John Mark with him. Um, but Barnabas did. And so this, uh, that caused this, this, this strong rift between Paul and Barnabas. And um, so there's, there's this um, uh, disrupt in, in their relationship, and they split ways. If these two had a church, that would be a major church split right there. Two giants of the faith arguing, Paul being in the wrong, Paul the apostle being in the wrong, and they separate ways. So the Lord closes doors through conflict. That's one of the ways that he closes doors. And then another way that he closes doors is the Lord closed the door to Paul to preach in Asia through an illness. This text doesn't mention anything about Paul's illness. But in Galatians chapter 3 verse 14, it gives us insight as to what's going on here in chapter uh, 16. In Acts chapter 16 verse 6. In Galatians it says in verses uh, 3, uh, 4, Chapter 4, verse 13, it says, It was through bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. Asia was a flourishing, busy region. It was hustle. It was a a fast-paced region. And and I believe that the Lord used Paul's illness to divert his um, desire to want to preach the gospel in Asia and and redirected him towards... um, towards uh, Phrygia and Galatia, which was um, a lot, um, it wasn't as fast-paced as Asia. Uh, It it, uh, consisted of tribes that were scattered. And so I trust, I I think that the reason that Paul was diverted, how God diverted uh, Paul's tracks from going into Asia was through this illness. And so God closes doors through bodily illness. And he he redirects our steps. Three, uh, another way that God closes doors, he closes doors through failed attempts. He did that uh, twice with Paul's attempt to go into Asia, as as we've already discussed, and also Paul's attempt to go into um, uh, uh, Bithynia. And um, verse 7 states that the spirit of Jesus did not allow Paul and his team to preach the word in Bithynia. You know, that, that, that amazes me. And that should also, that, that also gives me comfort. Because look, twice, twice, it says that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in verse 6 and then in verse 7, the Spirit of Jesus prevented or forbade Paul and his team to what? To preach the gospel, to preach the word. God said, don't preach the word. I don't want you to preach the word. Isn't that amazing that the, the Spirit would, uh, would say, hey, don't preach the word. Sometimes we, we, we can get overly ambitious and say, I want to preach the gospel to everybody. Hey, what if God doesn't want you to preach the gospel to everybody? What if God closes a door to you and says, no, I don't want you to preach there as much as you want to? No. It's humbling to know that we're not in control. But it's also... Um, it also brings me comfort and joy to know that, hey, this, this work of the gospel ministry doesn't rest upon my shoulders. I don't have to, be, I don't have to uh, be burdened with thinking that I have to save the world and I have to preach the gospel, preach the word to everybody as much as I want to. I can rest in the fact that God will accomplish his will and his purpose. That should encourage you. And, and, and also that should... Um, 
that should prevent us or, or, or um, help us from not being legalists and saying, hey, you, how many people have you, have you preached the gospel to? Are, are you soul winning? Are you reaching the masses? Are you reaching the, your neighbors? Are you reaching your city? There's nothing wrong with that. But when we make it law that we have to do all these things, and if we're not doing that, when we're judged for, for our actions, then it, be, it be, becomes sin. And this passage should give us comfort to know that, hey, the, the burden of reaching the world with the gospel doesn't weigh on our shoulders. It's God's, it's God's work. And, and don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying do not preach the word, do not preach the gospel, do not reach your neighbors or your city. All I'm saying is that that work of actually accomplishing the, the work of the ministry doesn't belong to you. The, 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 um, it's God's will. It's, it's God's ministry. It belongs to him. And it should take note also that, um, that Paul's failed attempt isn't necessarily sinful. He's not rebuked by attempting to go into Asia or into Bithynia. All it says is that God vetoed his plan and redirected him to another area. He wasn't sinning. He, he, he made a plan and he attempted to go into these areas, but God said, hey, I know you want to go there, but no, I'm going to redirect your steps. Two closed doors could easily discourage someone from turning back, uh, from, from moving forward and, and causing them or wanting to, to turn back. But Paul pushed forward, trusting and discerning that the direction of the Spirit, uh, discerning that the direction, direction of the Spirit um, would lead him and his team to keep moving forward. Now, I've mentioned how God closes doors, but I'm now going to mention how God, as a result of closed doors, opens a door to, um, to accomplish his will and purpose. God opens doors as a result of our conflicts and difficulties. Take, take note of, you know, um, just what's going on here. As a result of all that's going on, of all the complications and all the difficulties, all the bumps and hiccups that, that, that Paul and his team are going through. Now, uh, in spite of the clash between Paul and Barnabas, the result was what? Two missions team instead of one, allow, um, instead of one, oops, two instead of one, allowing the gospel to cover more ground and reach more people. Paul picked, up, uh, Paul picked up Timothy as, um, and, and put him on his quad. He put him on his team. And Timothy would later what? Become an integral part of the gospel ministry in Ephesus. God, um, Paul would station him as a pastor in Ephesus. Paul's illness. What was the result of Paul's illness? God providentially used it and allowed him to go to Galatia and reach the scattered tribes of the Gauls who migrated there in the third century along with the other local populations that were in that area. And in closing the door to Bithynia and being led to Troas, Paul would receive a vision which would eventually take him to Macedonia, part of modern-day Europe, as I've mentioned earlier. And what was the result of that ministry? What, what, in God closing those doors for Paul and opening another, what happened as a result? As a result, Lydia and her household would be saved and converted to Christ. Acts chapter 16, verses 14 through 15. A slave girl who had a spirit of divination would be delivered. Acts chapter 16, verse, uh, uh, verses 16 through 24. The Philippine jailer, along with his household, would be converted to Christ and receive eternal life. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. 
in God closing one door, he will open another door and he will accomplish his will and his purpose. And this, this method of God closing one door and opening another has been indicative of, of the way that God moves throughout church history. I've got three examples for you and how God did this in the lives of three missionaries who, oddly enough, all the examples I, I came up with were all from the 19th century. David Livingston, a missionary, tried to go to China, but God sent him to Africa. William Carey, one of my favorites, another missionary, planned to go to Polynesia, but God guided him to India. Adoniram Judson, another 19th century missionary, went to India at first, but then he was driven to Burma. Saints, where are you today? Are you trusting in God for his guidance? Do you rejoice that God closes doors for you? Do you believe that God is using closed doors and working through your disappointments and frustrations in order to accomplish his will and his purpose. We may believe with our lips that Jesus is Lord and say with our mouths that God is sovereign. But when things don't go according to our plans, our actions reveal through our fears and worries what we truly believe in our hearts. Trials have a way of manifesting the reality of what really is the condition of our inner life. Rather than allowing our failures and disappointments and frustrations to crumble us, I plead with you believers to use wisdom and use discernment through the Spirit to allow you to put truth that you know into practice. I sometimes tell my wife, God uses moments of conflict and difficulty to give us an opportunity to trust in Him and rely upon Him to turn our theology into a reality, to move uh, the, the, the truths that we know from our brains to our hearts. I've, I've you know, uh, what are we, how are we going to respond to closed doors? Are we going to trust that God is sovereign and in control of all things that happen in our lives? Are we going to submit our lives and our wills to God? Um, I, I, an example that I'm going to use. As you all know, the church, uh, Dan's vision is to build a foundation for Parkway to, to strengthen us through theological education. And um, he, he had a team. He had a meeting of guys that he wanted to teach, and I was, on, I was in that meeting. And um, in that meeting, he gave us a list of what we wanted to um, what he wanted to be taught. And as soon as I saw that list, I saw the doctrines of grace and I, my heart started leaping. I was like, oh, I really want to teach that class. And so Deckard informed us to email him about what we were interested in teaching. And so as soon as I got out of that meeting, I, I emailed him. I was like, I want to teach doctrines of grace. So it wasn't but one minute after that meeting, I emailed him. And um, there was nothing wrong with that desire. I'm just, you know, I'm passionate about the doctrines of grace and, and I wanted to teach it. But as the weeks went along, you know, I told my wife about this. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on the, t um, I'm, I've been asked to, to teach. And, and um, these are the topics that, uh, that Dan's allowing us to teach. And I really want to teach the doctrines of grace. And so I'm just waiting to see if, if I'm able to teach that. Well, as the, as the weeks uh, 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 progressed, uh, Dan informed me that that topic was already taken. You know, that the, another brother was going to teach that. Um, I came home, I informed my wife about that, and she asked me, um, how do you feel about that? How do you feel that you can't teach the doctrines of grace? And I told my wife, it's not my ministry. 
it, it doesn't belong to me. So whether, uh, just because I can't teach it, you know, I, I'm fine with that, that God closed that door because that ministry doesn't belong to me. It doesn't even belong to Dan Deckard or the other teachers that have been called. That ministry belongs to God. And so in, for God to close that door for me, I, I was fine with it because God was working in my own heart to, to, to help me come to the grips that it's his ministry. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, In his heart... A man plans his course, but the Lord, Yahweh, determines his steps. The second point, God's providence guides you through the normal means of grace. If you just swiftly read through this passage, you can easily be led to think that God, by his Holy Spirit, is working through a supernatural way, such as speaking directly to Paul and telling him exactly where to go. It says twice that the Holy Spirit um, prevented or forbade him from going into Asia and going to Bithynia. Someone can think that without properly examining the text that, that the Spirit was calling on Paul and saying, Hey, Paul, don't go into Asia. Or, Hey, Paul, don't go into Bithynia. But like I said, uh, if we examine, if you just examine this passage in, in, in the context... Uh, you'll see that God doesn't bypass our cognitive process, but rather he works through them to lead and guide us. Verse 10, it states that after the vision Paul received, he consulted with his team. To say it in another way, they connected the dots. They put two and two together and concluded that the spirit forbidding them to go into Asia, forbidding them from preaching the gospel in Asia, and not permitting them to go into Bithynia, and that this vision that they received was from God. They didn't act out in blind faith, but rather they reasoned through the predicaments that they had walked through and thought to themselves and believed and came to the conclusion that they were being led of God. This is evident when it says in verse 10, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now the word conclude here in the original, um, in this context, means that they drew a conclusion in the face of evidence. We often never forget that you're, um, that you're not alone in the Christian walk. When you have to make decisions, you have the resources of God's grace through his people to help you make those decisions. That's exactly what Paul was doing here. He didn't just, he, he wasn't some, he was Paul. And yet we, we see him as a super apostle, a great man of God. However, this man of God that was greatly used of God to, to spread the gospel still consulted with his team members. He didn't think he was uh, better than anybody. He, he relied upon God's grace through community, through the church, to make his decisions. And as a result, they concluded that it was God's will that they not uh, go into these two places and instead go to the, the areas that God had directed them. This last month in, in, um, in December, uh, an opportunity came my way to... to um, to do some work in Citrus Heights uh, uh, with a church up there. And um, I was excited. I was like, wow, um, I can be in formal ministry. And uh, I, I told my wife about it. I'm like, hey, there's this opportunity to, to, 
at this church in, in Citrus Heights, and um, uh, I, I really considered it. I, I, was, I, was, I was hoping that it would work out. But as I prayed through, that, uh, um, through, through last month and sought to seek the Lord's will, um, I, I did that um, not, by, not by myself. I, um, I, I consulted with brothers. I asked Deckard about it. I told him about it. I, I asked fellow pastor friends in, in other areas to, to get their thoughts on it. I, I, I told them what was being offered me. And as a result of it, uh, through, um, through their consultation, through their wisdom and guidance, and, um, and through prayer and, and, and also the, the, the counsel of my wife, I had gathered that, you know, this is not, this is not for me. Um, and, uh, and, and I had to trust that. And, um, but uh, I was walking in faith, not just on blind faith, but through the consultation, through the gift of, of God's uh, people. And, and also this passage, the reason why I'm preaching this passage is because last Sunday I, I was sitting there as Deckard was preaching. And as I was still thinking through all this and, and trying to make my final decision, the Lord had brought me to this text. And, and, um, and I, I, I use this text to, to put two and two together. You know, Lord, why would you have me think about this text? Um, I, I, I thought uh, to myself that with, with, the console, with the wisdom and the guidance from, um, from my pastor friends and, the, the, and, uh, and through the text that this wasn't for me. I want to ask you, how do you view the events in your life? Are you being filled with the spirits? Are you walking in step with the spirits? Looking through the eyes of faith and connecting the dots? If you're walking closely with the Lord, walking in the Spirit, you'll have a better chance of discerning the events that are taking place in your life. Your better, your, 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 your mind will be better um, in tune with the Spirit of God to make those decisions, to, to, to walk forward um, and, and put closed doors behind and walk through other open doors. The third point, God's providence guides you to accomplish his purpose and not yours. As we've seen earlier, Paul made plans to visit the churches from his first missionary journey. But God altered that plan and gave him a new one. He gave him a new route. Acts chapter 15, verse 36, right? They wanted, it's, it, it talks about Paul planning, wanting to go into uh, the churches that he had planted, but, but God altered those plans. Paul wanted to lead the team through Asia and Bithynia, but God, through his spirit, diverted their course to ultimately bring the gospel into Europe. You know, I, I, I mentioned earlier that um, I was blown away with, um, with how God has worked in my own life. And again, this is not to, to boost myself up, but just to give testimony to the work of God in, in our lives, that he is leading you and guiding you in the midst of um, circumstances that, that, um, that we wouldn't want to happen in our lives. I, I didn't want that closed door for Juvenile Hall. I really had a passion to reach at-risk youth. I wanted, uh, that's where I came from. That's where the Lord plucked me out of, uh, a, a life of drugs and, um, and, and, uh, and being a drunkard and, and, uh, and kids just messing and throwing away their lives. I really had a passion to, to reach that population, but God closed that door. And uh, for, for a second, I was, I was just like, wow, you know, I, I thought that that was, that was it. I, re- I was passionate about that. But when God closed the doors for me to reach the youth at, uh, in Juvenile Hall, I never would have imagined that 
through the open door that he provided for me through Mission Solano that I would have been able to preach the gospel. In the six years that I've been with them, I've literally am amazed that God has given me the privilege to really speak and preach the gospel to thousands of people that have come through our organization. God has just, you know, I thank God for that closed door because if he hadn't closed that door, this door uh, through Mission Solano that I walked through, I, I would have missed it. But God was gracious and he said, no. He said, no, don't go there, go here. And as a result, God accomplished his will and his purpose and not my own. I had a plan. I had a desire, uh, I, I think um, looking back, I had, had a good desire to want to, to, to spread the gospel and to, to minister. But God's plans, they were better than mine. And God's plans are better than yours, even when he diverts you, your plans and vetoes your plans. His plans are always better. His plans are always better. So where are you today, Christian? Many of you have probably walk through events in your life this past year that you didn't expect to happen, events that, um, that happened that took place that you didn't plan. Whatever they've resu- whether they've resulted in frustration or disappointments in view of God's governing providence, you can by faith trust that the invisible God is walking with you through your darkest moments and challenging moments working to accomplish his will and purpose even when he says no to you and even when he closes doors. Take comfort, believer, in knowing that the same spirit who led Paul and his team dwells in you, but even more amazing, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you as well, and he can do far exceedingly more than you can ever imagine or thought. Even through your disappointments, in view of God's guiding providence, you can look back in in retrospect through all the paths that you've walked through, whether good or bad, and say that all is well because it was God that prevented me. You can say that all is well because it was God that closed the door for me. You can say that all is well because it was God that diverted my plans. And you can say that all is well because the loving providence of God is leading me to accomplish his will and his purpose even when my plans and purposes fail. We've entered into a new year already. And your goals that you have, you may have goals, you may have plans, and those, there's nothing wrong in and of themselves, those goals that you have. But be prepared for your plans and your goals to be redirected and vetoed and turned another direction by the Lord. And when that happens, you don't have to, 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 you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to worry or be sad because you can trust that through God's governing providence, he is working all things out according to his will and purpose to accomplish his intended end. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are in absolute control of everything that goes on in our lives, whether through disappointments, through closed doors that, uh, that bring along frustration, 
Father, we thank you that you are a good and loving God that is leading us and guiding us by your love to accomplish your intended end. And Father, because of that, because you are providentially working things out, we can walk and live life in peace knowing that you walk with us, you go before us, and that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.